pop, pop. Oh, this sock works really well as a pop filter. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh oh. Something went away a little bit. Yes. That's better. Yeah. Check, check, check. One. Yep. Sparkle Theatricals presents Start the Spark, Monday, February 4th at Surly Brewing Company in Minneapolis. For tickets and more information, please visit www.sparkletheatricals.org. Hello and welcome to the Have Tap Shoes Will Travel podcast. We'd like to thank you all for tuning in today. We've got a very special guest, Terrell Carnage the Executioner Woods. He's going to be joining us very shortly. And I'm very excited. We had a wonderful talk today, and it is Super Bowl Sunday. We don't know what the score is yet or anything like that. They haven't even done the kickoff, so I guess um, you all might know the result of the game at that point, but I do not. I'm just glad that we are out of this polar vortex that we've been living in here in Minneapolis. It's been freezing, but it's also been kind of nice to take a little time and get caught up on some work that I've been liking to get caught up on. You know, I've had a little list and I've been able to get some of that stuff done. That feels good. So I don't think the polar vortex was a complete loss, thankfully. Uh, this week's episode is also brought to you. As always, I have different playing cards that these episodes are associated with. It's um, just so happens that this week is the eight of spades. I'm going to drink some water so you don't hear that weird sound that it makes if I have dry lips. All right, the Eight of Spades is a card of contentment. It represents a haven or refuge from worldly cares, a surcease from competition and trouble. It is a card of quiet pleasure, rest, and relaxation. This calm joy may be found through the relationship with another person, or it may be related to a place or some kind of activity, such as a hobby or a sport. The cards which surround the eight should give the reader some clues as to the nature of this benign force. However, the eight of spades represents only a facet of the querent's life. It is not a total card. The comfort and pleasure which lies within the querent's grasp is a part-time thing, a segment of his life which is separated from the mainstream of his daily activities. The querent should be warned against too great a dependency on this quiet pleasure. If he seeks to withdraw into a state of torpor and complete relaxation, thereby neglecting responsibilities, he may be due for a rude awakening in which he finds his world shattered. The pleasure is there for the taking, but to keep his refuge safe, he shall wall it from the rest of his life and remain vigilant, lest he become imprisoned by his own Sibiotic tendencies. What is that word? Sib. I did so well until this very end. Thanks. Sibaritic. 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 S y b a r i t i c. Tendencies. Being imprisoned by them. All right. So there's that. Great. Great read today, Rick. Really good. Really good with that one. Glad you did that. Um, so that was from the book How to Tell Fortunes with Cards. A little something for you, a little something new. Um, you know, I think at this point, we need, to, we need to start the show. We need to get it going. All right, are you ready? All right, it's, I, I hope this is up on Monday. So at this point, you are listening to this potentially on Monday, but, you know, whatever. At whatever point you're listening to this, we're glad you're tuning in and listening. It's not tuning in, I know that. This is not a radio station. 
Um, this is a recorder that I'm sitting here recording into. That's kind of fun. All right. Uh, without further ado, as they say, let's, let's start the show, everyone. Let's crank up the music. Are we ready? Andy. This is my brother, Andy Oslin. He, he made us this music. Ready? Andy, kick it on the one. You're listening to the Have Tap Shoes Will Travel Podcast. Let's do it. All right. Well, usually the, the music's kicking in, and we're grooving out to the music. All right. And Andy's music is playing, but it's like doing a bon, chicka bon, chicka bon. And then I, I'm just going to say, right now it's currently playing. The music, we're hearing it. Okay. And it's, it's playing in right now. Okay. And we're like, yeah! What up? And I'm like, yeah! <laughs> and we're like, so excited for today. And we'd like to welcome everybody to the Have Tap Shoes Will Travel podcast. Today we have a very special guest. Mr. Carnage, the executioner. Hey. The one and only. Hey. Beatboxer, rapper extraordinaire. Hey. All around good humanitarian. Hey. Uh, vegan. Whenever he wants to be. That's always, man. That's always. <laughs> man. Now, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's an official thing. Yeah, it's official. That's beautiful. I, I, I like to say plant-based, though. Oh, because I like that. Are, the real hardcore vegans are like, dude, you better not eat any honey. Oh. You better get rid of your Timberlands. What? I got these Tims, man, and, and they cost a lot. In We're not leather. talking about beats. We're talking about the, the, the boots on your feet. Right. I'm talking about my Timberlands, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? I still got some leather shoes that I, I want to wear out because they cost it a lot. But I eat plant-based. You know, that's also a, a good point. Tap shoes are also made out of leather as well very often. And so that is a hard thing for people who are vegan and tap dancers. I, I do believe that there are some shoes now. I'd like to hear if, if anyone knows about that, send us an email. I'd like to, or maybe I'll just go look it up. But if you know about a vegan-based tap shoe, that would be really interesting to hear about. Vegan-based. You know, like no plant products. You're not going to no, eat it. No, no animal products yeah, in the shoes. It's a vegan-based, but you're not going to eat it. Right. I think vegan, veganism is um, it's used you know, to, to, to describe people who don't eat meat. Right. But I think overall, it's a, it's a, it's an overall lifestyle yeah. change. Yeah, you know when when you're when you're vegan. I think when you're real vegan, it's like it's not just what you eat. I think it's 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 everything. So that's why I don't. I don't it's I like no leather bags, right? No, I, exactly. no leather shoes. Yeah, you're not. You're probably not even driving. So that's you're, that is the most. You're biking everywhere. Um, I don't want to call it extreme, but it is on the farthest end of not. Dealing with animals being right. involved in any way. I mean, I, I would think vegan people wouldn't even have pets, like true vegans, because they're they're you know because it's not just about the diet; it's about the lifestyle. Well, yeah, it's like maintaining I would think, a pet. You know, in captivity, you know, mm. having having animals in captivity doesn't seem. Uh, I mean, it's very entertaining, right? And it's very you know we, yeah. we love have them as part of our families, but I would say if. That whole lifestyle, if that if veganism is like what I'm visualizing it to, to to be, yeah, then I would think that people wouldn't even have animals. But I haven't studied it well enough. I haven't, I haven't really studied it. I just stopped eating, you know, animal based food. Okay, so just by doing that, have you noticed a change? Yes, in your life. Yes. What What are um has it been for the positive, or have you found oh, negative definitely, changes? Definitely at all? the best. Um, I mean. Extreme weight loss. So that, I mean, that could be negative for some people. No. Oh, <laughs> not when you needed to lose as much weight as I did. Right. So that was a positive. Um, I think I have an overall better And you say attitude. extreme. What do you mean by extreme? 
um, extreme weight loss. Yeah. Uh, like I say anything over like 30 pounds is pretty extreme. Yeah. And uh, definitely I lost about 90. Wow. Like somewhere between, somewhere between wow. 75 and 90 pounds. Man. Um, yeah. Wow. So do you find you have more energy? I have more everything. Really? <laughs> yeah. Really? I have better attitude. <laughs> yeah. You know, more understanding, more energy. I, I don't have to sleep as long. Sure. You know, I can sleep in, in shorter intervals. Yep. Um, I'm not as tired when I wake up. You know, if I sleep for five hours, I can get up and move. Yeah. And, and, and keep going for a long time until I sit down to watch Netflix. And I can watch a couple shows before I fall asleep. But um, eventually it kind of sings you a lullaby. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I find that happens at night for me, too. Mm hmm. Uh, we've we've been talking about that too, trying to avoid falling asleep to the TV. Mm-hmm. Because that's not good if you do that every night. Yeah, every night. But at least it's something positive. You're not falling Absolutely. asleep with an alcoholic beverage in your hand. Right. You know, yeah. or like a cigarette and burning your house down. Absolutely. You know, so there's you know, so I get my little you know, vegan or pl- excuse me, my plant based ice cream. Yeah. And I sit down at the at the couch and I watch a good show on Netflix or Hulu or uh, Amazon Prime <laughs> and uh, indulge in my, my dessert activity. And What are some top vegan desserts? Um, I know you're, uh, we were talking earlier and at first, for some reason, I thought you told me one time that you were not into sweets really. You was wrong. And I was completely wrong. You was wrong as hell, bro. Yeah. I like, um, carrot cake is one of my favorite. Oh. You know, but um, I've had... Pretty good carrot cake. Yeah. But like, there's something definitely missing about being able to eat carrot cake that is not plant-based because it's a lot sweeter. And I feel like if you're going to put them calories in your body, it better be sweet as hell, you know? I'm trying to think what's in carrot cake normally that, aside from the cream cheese that has... Cream cheese, I mean, lots of sugar, butter. So sugar doesn't... I mean, well, butter. You can't have sugar if you're vegan. Butter. butter. Right, Yeah. yeah. So you so, make the cake with butter. Yes. So what do you replace that with? Well, I don't make vegan carrot cake, but I've had it. Okay. So it, it doesn't have any of that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever's in it, it's like, I think they do, I think it's mostly sugar. Do you like coconut oil? I love coconut, anything coconut. I wonder if there's a version, I bet there probably is. Mm-hmm. I know sometimes coconut oil is a good substitute. Right. But it gives you that coconut flavor. So if you don't mm-hmm. like that, then that's yeah, going to throw I, you I off. I like it. Put it in there. Nice. You know, I uh, speaking of coconut, I had the best... Um, plant-based macaroni and cheese I've ever had. Mac Where? and cheese in uh, in Denver. Really? At a place called Watercourse Foods. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. They used coconut Water. milk in it. And okay. that's why. So it's like, imagine eating mac and cheese that has like a coconut flavor to it. it that was sounds delicious. So MF and good, yo. I don't know if we can swear, so I'm not going to. You can say no, whatever you want. I'm not, you know, I'm not I, I purposely marked this podcast as explicit <laughs> in case people wanted to come here and uh, and speak however they want. That's I'm kind of the idea. I'm not, not, not swearing. You know, I, <laughs> I, I don't necessarily do it all the time. I swear it, a lot. If, if so. you want to drop whatever, that's that's why I mark it that way. And, and you know, like if, if people are completely offended by people coming on and letting F-bombs <laughs> drop once in a while, then that's... I, we'll have to deal with that, you know. I'm sorry, but you know, at this point, I want people to come on and be able to speak freely. Mm-hmm. You're a person who speaks his uh, mind through words, mm-hmm. and for me to censor people as they come on here seems kind of counterintuitive to me. 
I'm working on it though myself, so I'm 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 kind of laying back. And I, I think swearing is the least of my issues. People got to get past my stage name. <laughs> I don't think, I don't even think swearing is the biggest yeah. issue with me. And you know, like okay, so what was it before you started with the vegan diet? What was it that? Um, what did you perceive the vegan lifestyle to be? Is it? Did you? Um, do you feel like it's something different than what you originally thought it was going to be like? Not really. I okay. mean, I, I never. I've always respected people who are willing to go um, to, you know, ex- I, we're going to use this word extreme, but yeah. it's not, not negatively. Yeah, extreme and I don't know if it's necessarily, yeah, I don't want to say extreme, but no, I'm, I, I'm willing, I get what you're saying. But, but yeah, I think people will understand what I'm saying. But uh, I, I have a lot of respect for people who go to, you know, extreme lengths to make sure they're living the best life they could possibly live. Sure. And, you know, doing things that are beneficial to more beings who are living than themselves right. so yeah I've, I've always respected it i just it just wasn't my thing because man i love meat yeah at that point right you know and you know the truth is i still i like the taste of meat i'm right. just not gonna eat it yeah it's just i just refuse to it eat smells it. good i mean it smells good and like it looks good and right you know i, I miss chicken wings yeah you know? I, I loved me some chicken wings but nah, i'm not just it's just not worth it is there a replacement that you found that satisfies the chicken wing craving well they have a vegan um what uh vegan buffalo wings right they're they're like cauliflower sure and then yeah you know the buffalo buffalo sauce or whatever there's a place in saint paul that has that jay selby's yeah i had those good spot they were really good Good spot yep that was an extra thing that i added to our ordered you know, we ordered whatever we're gonna get and i'm like we have to try these too this just looks too good to pass on and they have three different kinds too Cauliflower Definitely. with like buffalo sauce on yes. it. Yeah, yes. those delicious. They're really good. And they, when they first started making them, when when the place first opened, they were pretty spicy. Yeah. And I think people were maybe complaining, so they're not. Oh, as you spicy. gotta tone it down. We're yeah, in Minnesota. We're Minnesota. <laughs> we don't even want that much spice in our. Uh, you know, some of these people can dish. handle some kick, though. I've realized. I'm. There are so many hot sauces that I've also been trying. Some of these Minnesota-based ones, and some of these are really good, and mm-hmm. they've got a quite a kick to them. But yeah, it's it's uh some good stuff. You know, there, and there's a lot of I think one of the biggest misconceptions about going plant-based is that what am I going to eat? You know, there's nothing for me to eat. And right. it's funny that I've I'd never heard people talk so much about protein. Right. How do you get your protein? It's like you've never used that word in your life. It's like do you count how much protein you eat in a day anyway? No, Who's people there he, like and those are the people that like kind of get on my nerves cuz they're like where am I going to get my protein? You don't get enough protein. You're shorting yourself and you're going to go crazy and you're not getting enough, you know, B12 vitamin and it's like you've never talked about protein until somebody told you you shouldn't eat animal protein. Right. You know, it's it's you know, I'm, maybe I'm judging people like they're judging me, but I'm saying like you know, that that's that's kind of an irritating thing to have people well you're not you know you're not getting enough of your nutrients and you're 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 not really living your best healthy life and i'm like you're saying that to me when you got a triple cheeseburger in front of you right like, don't don't tell and you, but you're skinny so you think well they're justifying it so that they don't feel bad eating it in front of you yeah whatever That's, they're trying they, to like map it out in their head to make it cool yeah they can do whatever they want i'm just not going to you, know, you don't need to no i and, still I, I mean i'm not like a twig you know what i'm saying I, i'm still I haven't lost so much weight that I'm like, I still eat, you know what I'm saying? I still get it in. Yeah. I just eat differently. 
Yeah. You know, I'm not going to even say better. Okay. I'm going to say I eat differently and it's had a profound effect on my life. So on the road. Those are the words I like to use. You can't, this is something that I remember running into as well is we'd be in different cities Mm -hmm. and it's sometimes hard to find a good place to get plant-based food. Well, it, I was it a depends vegetarian on where you're at. for over eight years at the time. Oh, okay. And we would go to places, and oftentimes we'd find an Indian restaurant or maybe like um, an Asian restaurant, or, you know, hopefully they had like at least like a Chinese restaurant or a Vietnamese restaurant in mm-hmm. town, but, mm-hmm. or an Indian, because you can find good vegetarian entrees at these places rather than um, going to somewhere like a pizza place every night. Or, right. Because otherwise, you, it's hard to find. Especially, I, I, I mean, what do you do when you're looking for a vegan meal after a gig and you're in, you know, in the sticks in some town where you don't have access to those kind of options? Well, it, it can be difficult depending on where you're at. To be honest, I would say um, it seems as though Minnesota is catching on, but mm-hmm. we, we're catching on slow. I would say Minnesota is one of the places where... You know, we talk about being green and yeah. all of that. And I, I feel like we were a little late oh. getting into the, the, the plant-based, like, options, more options of, of plant-based places to eat at. Sure. You know, um, and then, you know, areas of Wisconsin, you know, because cheese is, like, huge out there. Right. But I would say, like, you know, more Midwest areas, like, up north, closer to up north, seems seems to be more behind. Okay. And we're catching on now, you yeah. know, and it's becoming easier. Like I went to, um, when I was in Milwaukee, I was surprised at how many, you know, vegan spots there were or plant-based places that served a lot of plant-based stuff. Sure. And at that point, there was way more there than there was here when I was out there last. But then when I was on the West Coast, it's just like you you walk out of, of wherever you're at and you run into a vegan spot. Yeah. Like they, they were on it. Produce is abundant ago. all year round. Yeah, I, whatever it is, it was like those places were very easy. So when I go on tour, it's actually not that hard to eat plant based. It's uh the other thing about it is like when you said the the late night gig thing and you're hungry. Yeah, a lot of times I'll buy something plant based before I get to a city if I've checked in that city beforehand and I see that there's nothing plant based there. I also have a lot of plant-based snacks and stuff in my in my car when I travel. Sure. So I have stuff with me. So if it's if it comes to a point where I'm just totally starving, I can always eat some chips and some, you know, maybe some pita bread that doesn't have milk in it and some hummus that hasn't gone bad, some fruit. <laughs> yeah. You know, so there's always something. And those are things you could actually even find at gas stations even more often right. now. I mean, you could sometimes even find if you're looking for some hummus or something like right. that. Right, hummus is good. So it's, it's like, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, if you're trying to eat right, you can make it work. I might even buy something in the city that I'm in before I get there. Yeah. Before I get to the one that I'm, go- that I'm going to and I save part of the food. So I know late, late night, I'm going to want a grub on this, right. you know, this, this, um, this black bean burger. So I eat half of it. And then after the show, I, I tear down the, the last half of it. Smart. You know, and, and you know what's also crazy is Burger King was one of the first places to have a, a black bean burger. Oh. You know, so like- Do they on still the have road, that? Yeah. As far as I know, they do. Man. So like, yeah, it's, it's, it, was, it was pretty easy to find a Burger King on the road. Yeah. I can always, and I say, you know, how do you, how do you fry it? What do you, when you have your fries, what do you make the fries in? You know, and they say, you know, corn oil and you know, so I can, I can do that. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not doing the, I'm not, if it's, you know, fried with the fish sticks and the, 
Right. And uh, you'll catch you that know, extra flavor in there. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't want that. So. so, have there been any moments where you've been tempted to want to eat meat again? And you've been like, "Oh man." Yeah, I mean, all the time. <laughs> man. You know, I see it, and I'm like, "Oh, that looks good." And you know, on the real, there's been a time or two where I was like, "One little bite ain't gonna hurt." Right. And then I do it, and then it's like, "Ah, that wasn't worth it." Ah. You know, it just just wasn't worth it. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's not as good as you maybe remembered right. it. We're of the flesh, man. We we love yeah. our pleasure. We're humans. We we want yep. you know, we want what we want and we crave and 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 we'll, we're willing to go outside of our normal morals to do that sometimes and then after you do it, you're just kind of left with the the idea that you just kind of played yourself. It's right. Like, that wasn't really that cool. Yeah. I have this line in one of my songs, uh, meat and dairy deleted. When I've receded and cheated, I've said, sure, I can eat this. Doesn't mean that I need it. Mm. You know, I, I thought that was a good way to kind of describe it. Yeah. You know, I can eat this, but doesn't mean that I need this. Right. You know, so when I've receded and cheated, I've said, why did I do that? It's not like I needed this to to fulfill this great part of my life that was missing. You know, it's like <laughs> it, was, it was a bunch of BS, you know. So, yeah, I'm better at it now. Yeah. You know? Well, it's giving you lyrical content even. Oh, yeah. I, I write quite nicely about it now. Okay, so I had I had that written down to talk to you about uh, touring, finding good food while out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also got it on here. I was wondering about, um, I know some people, some people listening may not know you yet. And so I was just wondering if you, maybe you could like tell, tell people a little bit about your background and, and who you are. Yes, uh, Maynard Terrell Woods. Um, I go by my middle name, Terrell. Um, stage name, Carnage the Executioner. Um, I've been going by that name since about uh, 19, like the late, very late 90s. Before that, I was T-Swift. Ah. And um, Well, that I, became a whole different thing, didn't it? Yeah, you know, Terrell Swift because I was a fast rapper, you know. And then um, I changed. I was like, I need something that's more descriptive, something that I could use as, you know, a character so that I could come from an angle um, with some things that I, I want to kind of talk about. So I, sure. I set myself up very early before I really knew how to write a song to have something to write about. Yeah. So I gave myself the name and I was like, one day I'm going to develop enough skill to be able to tell the story about why I would have a name like this. And that's what I'm doing now. I, I feel like I'm pretty good at it when people say, why do you choose the name Carnage the Executioner? Isn't that kind of violent? You don't seem like a very violent person. Can you we get that you all Terrell? the time, don't you? Yeah, it's like, you're a teddy bear, aren't you? You know, we can we use the name Terrell instead of your carnage? Because we don't want to scare anybody. You're a teddy bear. Yeah, give, give me a hug. You'll squeeze, you know. But um, I get just off go, me. you know, there's, you can put Terrell Woods if you want. But while I'm there, I'm going to tell people that my stage name is Carnage the Executioner. And this there is where go. I got it from. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, bah, bah, bah. Um, That's I've been, good. I've been an independent artist for uh, going on 12 years. So about 12 years, well, it'd be 12 years in a couple weeks. Wow. Yep. Was be, there a certain, what's the date? Uh, Feb. I want to say February, like, uh, I have it written down somewhere. It's like okay. February 15th or something like that. Day after Valentine's Day. Some, something crazy Right like in that. the middle. You know, something like that. So yeah, it's, it's official, you know, that I've been a, an independent artist for that long. Was that a specific gig that night that you have that point where you have where you kind of differentiate when you became independent? It's when I said, you know what? I don't, like, I'm going to leave this job and not apply for another job, corporate job. Okay. 
And so it was like a date. What kind of job was that? Um, I was a social worker at oh. a at a uh, private foster care agency. Wow. So I, I used to place kids in foster homes and and uh, train foster parents. Wow. To get ready for uh, dealing with kids who had a lot of issues, a lot yeah. of trauma. So I did that for a long time, and I found that during that time, um, I, I got along very well with the kids. Kids loved me, um, but it was like some of the some of the, the the other social workers and the people that I work with who I had issues with. And I think they thought that a lot of them were a lot older. You know, there's like a lot of older women. Sure. You know, and they're just like, you're not doing this right. And I'm like, okay, but the kids love me. Right. You know, so it was there was differences in, in like, you know, approach. And I think they thought I was immature. And I had a couple problems with some people. And, and I made some decisions that I didn't need to make, like, you know, booking tours while I was working and stuff because my, my rap career started to really kind of take off at that time. So, um, I got told, Hey, you probably should choose one or the other, you know, you can come back and do this for this job, but maybe you should go and pursue this, this hip hop thing. And, and I did. And, um, I only looked back twice because I I got scared a couple of times. I was like, yo, I'm not making enough money. I'm not going to be able to pay my rent. I'm not going to be able to eat. This is very difficult. Nobody's booking me and nobody's giving me enough money. And Absolutely, I, yeah. As soon as I said that, opportunities started to open up. So every time I say something dumb like that, more stuff kind of comes up. As you say the dumb thing and you kind of do look back and you're like, okay, so what, am I, what can I do right now to keep it all floating? Right. It still seems like you're just trying to keep it floating so that you can continue doing the other thing anyway. Right. And and for me, it's I, there's a demand of some type for what I do. Of course. You know, and, and I, I just need to always remember that, that, you know, when 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 darkness comes and you feel like you're drowning and in, in nothingness. Yeah. Somebody's going to come up and be like, yo, can I buy a verse? <laughs> it's like, word up. <laughs> Let's do this. So that's how some people buy verses from you. That's oh, yeah. A, that's I, I, sell, a thing. I sell verses. I sell beats. Wow. Beatbox beats. And uh, yeah. How I, do you I, offer I, those kind of services? Or do people just know to find you and they ask you, they approach you about that? Or? Yeah. People hit me up and they say, yo, I really like your stuff. You're an influential artist to me. I like what you do. Yeah. Let's do something. And I say, okay, well, here's the services I provide. I yeah. got this, 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 and that. And here are the rates. What do you want? So I, I lay it out for them. You know, there's different prices for different things, beats, verses and stuff. And sure. And uh, choruses, scratch, uh, vocal scratch hooks and stuff like that. So I just I say, you know, I know my worth. So yeah. I say this is this is what I'm going to charge. And and, uh, and then I say, you know, here's a you know, if you want to give me the full amount, you can or you want to give me a down payment and then the rest when it's done. Um, so I, I actually have a deadline that I, I've missed for a guy. Shout out to my boy, Ezra. Uh, I I know I owe you a verse, bro. I'm, I'm going to get it to you before I go on tour, I promise. He's already paid me. Okay, so when he <laughs> Okay, so when when someone like Ezra comes up to you and says, "I need a verse." Does he does he have any sort of um does he give you some sort of guidance as to what the subject is about or like at least like a basic theme he or did, does yes. he just say, "I need 16 bars or 32 bars or whatever it is?" He he actually my boy Ezra actually gave me a couple concepts to work with and a couple beats. Sure. Um, so it's easier that way when somebody says, I have a line on one of my songs. I say, uh, uh, now you're speechless when you find out what your cash can do, but you need to have a concept in mind if I'm going to collab with you. It's much easier if somebody steps to me with money 
and an idea. Yes. Because then we can get it done. But right. like when people say, well, I just want you to do a song with me. And I'm like, well, do you want me to come up with the concept? Right. You know, if I'm going to come up with it, then I can. But but you now know, you're writing the song. Well, I've, uh, right. And I've never told anybody I'm going to charge you more for the concept. But <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe I should. Maybe I should be like, yo, my verse costs this much. But if you want me to come up with the concept for the song, then, you know, I need a little bit more. Then it's kind of like, what do you need them for? At that right. point, it's like, <laughs> right. aren't you just recording a song for yourself? Then? Right. I mean, I mean really? it's, it's fun. I like collaborating with people. Though. Yeah. It's, it's fun. So, but they, if they come to you with nothing, then it's like, what are we collaborating on? Right. It's you, not a collaboration. You're not even bringing a... It's you asking for my expertise. You have to ignite it a little. Yeah, right. But it's, it's either way. It, even it keep works, it simple. Yeah. Like, I've got a concept. It's um, this song called Mouth Beats that I'm doing. Boom. That's it. That's all I got so uh, far. You give me that. Uh, then, you know, now you, you can go somewhere. You have something in 20 minutes for me. I cannot, it's, it's if like, that, it's, it's if that, right? Yeah. Okay. Right. So I, I also wanted to ask you, and I, I know we've we've been able to collaborate a lot of different times, mm-hmm. and and I've been really um, huge pleasure. Feel very blessed to be able to work mm-hmm. with you, and very same, um, same. Uh, like it's a, it's an honor, and ditto, it's it's ditto. really cool. My brother, um, ditto. And so I don't always know as much about your background and what got you started in this and I, I had the question in my mind pop up like who was the first beatboxer or person that you saw doing this i might have actually asked you about this and if it's true then i know who it was it wasn't just one person buff love the human beatbox from fat boys it was the fat boys yep good when, okay when i heard when i heard first heard that i was like oh and then around the same time a little shortly after i heard dougie fresh yeah so they were the two dudes who i listened to the most so dougie fresh had lottie dottie who liked the party yep yeah <laughs> If you know the words to Slick Ricks, you you sing the words and I do the beat. <laughs> Lottie, Man, Dottie, dude, I, can do I got both, but next I time you're on here, it. I will have that. Ooh, let's, let, I, ooh, I feel like up, a hip hop poser if I if I actually try to get into it right now. We just came up with something. What, dude? We would slaughter people if. I've if, never thought I could slaughter a person. Yeah, it, like we gonna kill it. That's carnage execution. I'm gonna kill it every time. All right, here, here here's what it is, bro. Okay, you learn the words to the Slick Rick version of Lottie Dottie, and okay. then when we do a buckets and tap shoes and carnage show, you come out and you rap that, and I'll make the beat for you. People would be like, "What? Do I have to wear an eye patch? If you want to, would that be? Um, you have to have your British. Would that be sort of hip hop blasphemy? Dottie, we likes the party. You gotta have your." Now, you don't have to, but... Don't bother nobody? Well, just some men that's on the mic. You know a lot of it already. <laughs> yeah, I, so, I just, I just, I need to like refine it. It's pretty vulgar at the end, though. So get ready to I'm, do that. I'm okay with that. Okay, cool. So, dude, we would straight kill it. Like, if you came out, like, who's ever seen you rap? Uh, well, okay, so the one... T- <laughs> that's a funny question. Uh, back in 1999... <laughs> <laughs> you almost made my tea go through my nose. It was that long ago when you last rapped? No, but that's maybe the first time people saw me oh, rapping. Okay. Uh, it was that we, we had our show, we had a group called 10 Foot 5 originally, which involved my brother Andy and Ricky and Brian and Nick. We were all out at Valley Fair. Um, some of these guys, uh, some of the Rhythmic Circus guys that you've met. Yeah, those good dudes. Yeah. They they were part of the show out at Valley Fair when we had the group called Ten Foot Five and mm-hmm. back in I, we started that in '97 and we had this gig out at Valley Fair in '99 and they had us in the amphitheater out there. Mm-hmm. We had our own show out there for four nights a week. Nice Monday through Thursday, Ten Foot Five, and then so we went out there and uh, 
what, what we, oh, there's a rap in there. We uh, <laughs> we recreated the Humpty Dance, but oh, I came okay. out and rapped about our group Ten Foot Five at the time. So you flipped the Humpty words to make it yeah all about you guys. I mean, just I took the sample, the beat, the groove, oh. the bones on goons. All right, stop what you're doing because I'm about <laughs> yeah. to ruin the image and the style that you're used to. Shock G, I dance right? funny. Uh-huh. But y'all making money. See your world. I hope you're ready for me. So gather round. I'm the new fool in town. What, I mean, what did you like? Did you switch it and make it really about you guys, or did you just? Okay, I'll see if I can remember it. It's it was bad. It was it was <laughs> it not was good. Bad. <laughs> um, all right, stop what you're doing, cause puns about to ruin the image of the tapping that you're used to. Hmm. We're ten for five, and we're coming to you live. See, see, old world. I hope you're ready for we. We. What the hell was it? it was something about like. Um, we move around, kicking up the sweet rhythms with our sound. There's like all this. Oh, okay. It was, so it was like I reworked it. And then we Still called the it same Do the 10 foot 5. Come on. Do, do the, the 10, 10 foot, foot 5. We did this like right before, like at the end of our first set. to kind of like, hot, eh? And everyone on a kind of a grooving note. And then we'd go take a break for a while. So are you willing to relearn that song, uh, but, but make it out of buckets and tap shoes, and I'll make the Humpty beat for you to rap? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, I you love be, that beat. That's uh, such a great groove. Boom. You know I can make that beat. Okay, so how, anyway, what is the first? If you were to create that beat, what is the first element of the beat that needs to be established for you to set the? You know, if, as you're punching it into your, if you're gonna loop it or whatever. I think of the tempo first. Okay. So well, I, I like know how you got the art in there too. At yeah, the end. it's the it's the it's so it's like I, it's like the slap yeah, bass. Yep. So it's like the the um the tempo and then the drums come to me and I lay the first layer of drums because there's two sets of drums in that. In Is that, that song. Atomic Dog? That was no. It's a, a sing a simple song by Sly and the Family Stone. Yeah, 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 oh. yeah, 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 yeah. And there's a part that goes. Boom. So they got the so the part they use that here. So that's the underlying beat, and then they put. So they put that on top of it. Yeah. So that's how I would start. I'd start with the. I put that first, and yep. then I put the other drums on top of it. Or the snare's cutting through now. And then, but deeper, almost like a tuba. The way you're, the way you're buzzing right there, almost seems tuba like what you're. Yeah, Yeah, maybe. I don't know how to play a tuba, so. I'm. I've said this before. I'm curious to know what it would be like if you were to put, like, a trumpet or a trombone or a tuba mouthpiece, up while you did that because the way you're buzzing it. Seems hmm. like it would probably work. Maybe. I never tried. Hey, Get you a sousaphone. A, yeah, anybody out there with a tuba or a, you know, what was the, what is that mouthpiece called? What is it you're talking about? Either a tuba or a sousaphone, like a bigger mouthpiece. Because you, when you're oh, doing okay. bassier notes, it seems like that would be, I'm no professional in embouchure and, <laughs> and mouthpieces, but I'm just curious to know, like as you did that buzzing, if that would come through, and I think it would. It would probably sound cool. So Ooh. anybody who's listening who has that uh, tuba phone? Yeah, could we, could we borrow a tuba for a minute? We, yeah, we, let's we, see what we can do. Let's have if that anybody is. has a tuba, 
have tuba. We'll travel. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we might even travel to you just to hear this experiment happen, and then we'd have to bring a microphone so then yeah. we could play it for people. You can, you can podcast it. This is what it sounds like when Carnage blows into a tuba. So yeah, something like that. That has a uh, sort of what is the keyboard that uh, uh, Moog? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's got that like electronic. And right there's different there. notes. That's the sweet spot right there. So, yeah, that's what I would... I kind of hear beats like that. Yeah. So that those notes, when I hit the... That note anywhere will just make the bass rumble. Do you do you tune that with what your bass is doing too? Like if you th- do you think of the note that your bass is hitting and then harmonizing with that yes. other tone and it and it connects. And what I what the thing is, I don't know how to read music, so but I don't know it. if I'm hitting. But I hear it. I, I I hear very well. So if I hear a song that has, I hear the bass line. Yeah. I match my lip bass tone to match it. I yeah. can do I can do that with most beats. There's some that are totally impossible to do, but some I can do. So what is it? Is, is there are there any beats that are like the sort of standard that every beatboxer needs to know? That's like um, mm. universal. That like yeah, a sort of signature beat that when someone does it, they kind of know what it is. Like I think every beatboxer should know how to do um, "Impeach the President" by the Honey Drippers. Wow. <laughs> And that is the, that's the actual drum that Dougie Fresh is imitating for Lottie Dottie. Really? Yes. So every beatboxer, you don't, you shouldn't call yourself a beatboxer if you don't know how to do impeach the president. You need to sit down, bro. That sounds also like um, Meredith Brooks, bitch. The beginning of that song. I hate the world today. You know there, I mean? Does it? I've, I'm not familiar with that one. But uh, I know there's. I mean, another popular it's song. It's a little like I Walk am, This Way I too, am, isn't it? What I what I wanna be? Uh, Nas. Oh yeah. You know that song. If I work hard at it, yeah, that, I'll be where I want to be. Yep, same drums. And uh, what is the one you just said? You said another one. Um, damn it. Oh, like walk this way. It's oh, that's. So then I start thinking of melodies. Yeah. So if I make a beat, uh, beatboxing, I got the drums. The drums have to come first. And then I come with the bass line, and then I put high pitch sounds and stuff on top of it. And then I want to like vocal scratch and make some sounds and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah, that's how I hear the setup in my head. Do you, I start making beats. Do you hear a specific DJ as you're making those sounds? Is there somebody that is um, coming through that you're like... God, you ask great questions. Um, not necessarily, but there are a lot of DJs I really like. Uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff yeah. was a huge influence of mine. Um, um, DJ Qbert mm-hmm. uh, from the Invisible Scratch Pickles. Just, just phenomenal. Have you collabor- you've collaborated have. with him. Yeah, yep. you've talked about him too. Yeah, he's, he's, he's the truth. Um, those two are probably my two favorite DJs. So when I'm doing stuff, I'm kind of thinking like, how would they, like, I'm, I'm kind of thinking of their style a little bit. Uh, Jazzy Jeff has a real clean, uh, rhythmic style. And then Qbert is like the jazz 
he's like the 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 saxophone DJ. He's like doing some crazy. Man. He's just doing some crazy. I, I, and oh, he knows other. the sounds that he's going for that dude before he even the, goes to do it, right? Oh my God, he's the best. I mean, anytime I've ever tried to attempt to scratch a record, yeah, I've never, I'm not a, you know, I've never really scratched, but like to get sounds out of it, even it seems as though what I've done, it's just like it's by I'm accident. That, and it's just like I'm moving my hand to a certain <laughs> beat, but it, you know, they line it up in perfect little oh, places. Yeah, yeah they, know they spin the record around. And they flip a new one on there quickly, and then they know exactly what they're going for. Mm-hmm. So th- those are like those two. But then the, one of the first DJs that really got me into wanting to do it um, was a Grand Mixer DXT, who is the DJ on uh, Herbie Hancock's Rocket. Oh, remember that song? Boom, 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 boom. Yep. Boom, 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 so boom. That, so that little part. Yeah. <laughs> Like, uh, nobody ever heard me do rocket. I could do that. Beep too. Okay, so if you don't have your loop station, how do you do rocket? What does that sound like? It doesn't sound dope. <laughs> it doesn't. I my loop, do well, I mean, I remember when I first saw you performing. It wasn't you. You didn't even have any pedals at first. Mm-hmm. Um. I I feel like it was an ill chemistry yep. set. Probably very early, two thousand five six. I know one of them was at Intermedia Arts. Yep. Out because there was like an outdoor kind yep. of cove that you were set in or something. That was like the B Girl B. Yep. Yep. And then I, I think ago. I saw you before that too. It might have been at Caboose or Bunkers or something Probably. like that. Mm-hmm. I used to do a lot of stuff with Idea too. Yeah. You know, like I would the Idea and Abilities when we went on tour, mm-hmm. I would come out and I would beatbox for. Idea to freestyle rap and then abilities to scratch and then me and abilities will go back and forth sometimes. So I could do like vocal scratches while he's scratching. Like he'll drop a beat and he'll scratch and then I'll scratch. Yeah. Um, we only did that a couple times, but I I got a chance to do that with DJ Cubert and <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I, I had him stumped because he didn't know. No. Oh. He was like, "You can do all that. What you are can you doing?" Box. And he even said it. He was like, "So you can do it all. You can beatbox, rap, and vocal scratch." Yeah, and I was like, "Yeah, I got all that, bro. Let's go." I can sing too if you want. I do a little of that. I play around with it, but yeah. So yeah, you. you back to your question. You have to know impeach the president or impeach the president. Yes. The next By the, one. Who did you say? Honey drippers. Yeah, honey okay. drippers. Impeach the president. Now, is that the same? Is that the same band that's saying, "I want to tell you just how much I love you"? The honey I don't drippers. Know that one. Um, mm. Do you remember? What the hell? Yeah, you maybe I'm thinking of a different Honey Drippers. Yeah, but there was a band. I thought that's what their name was as well. Ladies and gentlemen, the Honey Drippers just came back from tour, and we would like to give you this special message. And it was impeach the president. You know, you I, I got to do some Honey Drippers research. Yeah, do that. So I'm actually, not the, I'm, I'm grabbing my pad right now, and I'm writing this down here. The next one you should know how to do, and it's a little harder, but you should learn. Is a uh, Paul Revere Beastie Boys, and it's the backwards 808 drums. So, because you can't do the 
before it's time because you're coming out of it like so you would have to double it if you did it like that so you have to mix your voice into it too so so when you start in the next loop like almost like not quite a growl but like a little in the back so it's a lot of it is on the out breath it seems like yeah although some of it is sucking in a little bit it's mostly there whereas when i think of reverse i would almost think of like sucking in but it's interesting Technique, to see yeah. the way that you're doing it. It's, it's going out still, but you're still getting the effect sonically. The, the in is when I breathe. Yeah. Keep going. I remember you doing a sort of beatbox tutorial, yeah. and you were saying that to the people, too. Like, sometimes you would run out of breath, so then you would start to suck in to also not waste it. No, I don't run out of breath. Yeah. No, I was saying they should learn how to incorporate beatbox or breathing into the beatboxing or they're going to run out of breath. Yes. I don't run out of breath. <laughs> I, I think that was the point is like you yep. were saying this is part of the reason why. Right. I, because, why I don't run out of Because when you breath, breathe yes. it in, you're, right. you're not wasting the sound either. Exactly. You, because you need of, to breathe. Yeah. <laughs> breathing i don't know so yeah you just well you just keep (laughs) and a lot of times with the mic placement that you do um it's not with a condenser in front of you in the way that this is it's you're you're holding it and you're controlling where the mic is placed so it's not going to necessarily pick up the nose part of it even if it does even if it does it's It's part it's all part of the thing yeah but i I do I, i hold the mic really close Close to my lips, sure. But yeah, if they, if they hear the in there, it's just more human. It's more, that's it's right. more real. Like so, I could definitely beatbox for ten minutes straight because of the way that you've incorporated the breathing in. The yeah. the main I always tell people the main reason I would have to stop the beat is because my lips get dry. Yeah, I, I stop and lick my lips and keep going. I'm gonna actually on that note, I'm gonna <coughs> grab a, some water for both of us. Oh, word! It's vegan. You got some vegan water for me? Thank you, sir. There's another uh, technique that I'm going to actually start teaching in beatboxing. The art of doing a vocal scratch with with the part, your lips part, and then putting the voice in it, too. So... So it's... Yeah, there you go. So, so it's like, so it's like, 
So like, so, so like if you were to spell that out, it'd be like duva that's duva. Reversing it and transforming <laughs> like Jazzy Jeff. So I go. Just like. If you were visual, if you were able to see what he was doing, he's using his hand as though it's uh, scratching a record and also going around and then backwards with it. Yep. And so you, a, you know, going clockwise and then counterclockwise. And then you hit the fader. So the 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 off and on switch basically is. So which is why you have breaks in the tone. Otherwise, it'd be just. Yeah. That's cool, but. Yeah. So I'm thinking of like Jazzy Jeff when I'm doing that. Like, I can't help but think of, like, the very beginning of the song, Summertime, where he hits that. <laughs> that, that, that high keys? Yeah. It's like, he's doing that kind of, like, the transform fader. So the original was like, it's just going up. But yeah. He's, he's hitting, yeah, yeah. Jesse He's the truth, dude. And I've I've heard that song. I, God, I, I the can't, original. I can't remember the name of it mm-hmm. right now, but I've definitely heard the original that it came from. And it just like keeps rising and yeah. rising. But he's so he's playing it almost as a cowbell pattern. Yeah. It's almost the Rocky theme. Or did it get so loud? Is that What are they saying? Getting strong now. Is that what yeah, they're saying? Yeah, yeah, something like it's is it getting strong now or getting stronger? It, I don't know. It's pretty remember. pretty dope. <laughs> yeah. I just I can't help but think of Eddie Murphy's raw when he's talking about Rocky and <laughs> Eddie Murphy's <laughs> going to see Rocky. <laughs> Uh, with with Italian people there too, oh yeah, and they all want to get in a fight now because all of a sudden they all think they're Rocky. <laughs> yeah, dope, dope, dope movie, dope song. Yeah, classic. And Eddie Murphy, it's classic. Yeah, because Sylvester Stallone directed that too. The first oh, Rocky. Yeah, yeah. Did he? Yeah. yeah he's he's I done some he, pretty substantial stuff have, in his life. He might have written it as well. It's a good, good movie. Good yeah. all American, you know, Italian movie. Yeah, all American Italian. <laughs> Shoot, shoot, man. Yeah. So, any more questions? Well, I, mean, I do. We, we, I, we I know that you've it. got some upcoming stuff happening. You've got some upcoming traveling, some touring, some yep. performances. Mm-hmm. Do you have any of those things that you'd like to tell people about? Yes, I would like everybody to come to my No Plan A show at Cadence Records and Coffee on Thursday, February twenty first, seven to ten, all ages. Come down and see one of the dopest shows you're gonna see. Where um, is Cadence? Cadence is on Payne Avenue, Payne, and I can't remember the cross. St. Paul. Yes, yeah, in St. Paul, like the east side. Okay. Um, but it's a nice little spot, you know, um, and no plan A. The the concept behind it is uh, it's a night of live uh, organic improvisation-based music. Wow. And, um, and the concept is people say, well, um, if your plan A doesn't work, what's your plan B? And then I say, well, we don't even have a plan A. Yeah. This is how the show is going to go. So um, I'm having people collaborate with people they've never performed with before. 
Um, you don't know exactly what's going to happen, so it's very loosely, you know, improvisation based. Um, so people will come with a plan yeah. of some stuff they they want to do, and then I say, well, if your whole set is scripted, then you have to do at least one song with the no plan band, right. which is myself and whoever I feature for that night. So nice. um, everybody. Um, Luckily, all the guys, everybody who's performing has a live element, so we don't have to. Who's on the lineup the so far? Can you announce um, My boy, Nico Nelly. Okay. Um, a, a, a guy who's been around for a while, younger younger cat, who's releasing his debut album. Um, so he's going to be out there. Um, a marimba player named Jenny Klugen. Oh, man. And uh, so she's going to do her thing, and then her and I are going to collaborate. So yeah. I'm going to be beatboxing while she's playing marimba. Marimbas are sweet. Yeah, super super cool. And then uh, my boy, uh, Just Wolf, he's a St. Paul cat. Um, he's going to be playing his beats live, programming his own beats, and then performing. And um, I'm going to make him do a song with the No Plan Band. Um, I have a song I actually make of his, and y'all should come and see it because it's really dope. And then uh, my guy from Milwaukee, uh, Tayamu Danku, who uh, is a freestyle phenomenon. Like this guy, like he does this thing where he, he's like, he asks the crowd to give him like five or eight words or something. And then he freestyles the whole time using, making a story out of all the words you just told. Wow. So he's super, super good. And he, and a lot of times he'll like, he says something about each one of them at least once, but then towards the end, he'll go and do a whole thing where he puts all the words back in all more back to back. It's oh, pretty wow. crazy. So he's mapping it out in his head. He's got like a, He's got his long game already kind of thrown in there, but he yeah. takes you on a journey for a minute and then yeah. brings you back around. I mean, and he does it like in, in most of his, when he does those, they're about three minutes long or whatever. And it's, it's totally entertaining because he's, he's like a character too. And you're just, just curious, like how is he going to yeah, fit that Yeah, what is he going to say? So I want, I want to challenge him to do the word thing to me making a beat. Yeah. He usually does it acapella, but I'm going to give him a beat this time. I didn't tell him this yet. <laughs> oh. So that's why it's called No Plan A. Yeah. You know, like I'm going to be like, yo, so when you do your beatbox thing or you when you do your freestyle thing, come up with your words and I got to make the beat for you. Yeah. And um, he doesn't know what beat is going to be. And Either I don't do know you. what he's going to talk about. <laughs> no. So no plan A. Perfect. Yep. Uh, That's do, the next one. Okay. And then, well, tomorrow night, uh, hopefully if this actually if this gets up in time, this will be Monday morning. And uh, we're going to be doing a, an event called Start the Spark over at Surly Brewing. Um, that's going to be happening from 6 to 8 p.m. on Monday the 4th. Mm-hmm. I hope you all can make it down there for that. We've talked about this a little bit in previous episodes as well. Um, but you've got some touring and stuff coming up as well. Yes. Uh, was that in March? Or yes. When's that I'm, starting? I'm doing a few dates around the Midwest in February to kind of just kind of set people up for the tour. But sure. like in March, I really take off. What's the tour and called this time? This is called the Live to Eat Tour. Live to Eat. Last time it was the Ravenous Tour. Yep. So I'm, I'm still playing with the, with the concept because the album, my Ravenous album, officially drops at the end of this month. Oh, great. So, um, and there's a song on the album called Live to Eat. Where will people be able to find the album? Uh, when they come to my show. Perfect. <laughs> you know, they'll be able to get it online, too. Uh, okay. CarnageTheExecutioner.com. It'll be out there. And I think... Um, I'm going to be done with it in time enough in order to be able to do uh, pre-sales. I've never had my record done in time enough to do a pre-sale. Wow, of that's mine. awesome. So, yeah, it's going to be pretty cool. So you've got that, and then are you going to be making vinyls, or what are you making out of it this time? I know you've, you've, you've got a whole crate full of stuff. And 
that you bring with your merch? Well, this this uh, the first installment of this album is going to come on CD. So Perfect. I'll have some some CDs and they'll be digital. It'll be on digital. Um, but you're asking me a good question. Um, I plan on releasing the album on vinyl for the first time in September, October. Wow. So this will be my first full-length album on vinyl. I had a 7-inch that sold really well. Sure. People were really into that. But uh, now it's time to put my big boy pants on and get a, <laughs> get a vinyl. And my record is so long, um, I have to do double vinyl. So it's Really? So I got to get this money. Do they call that a double LP then? Um, no, it's not. A, a double LP is like two albums. Okay. This is an album that's on on two pieces of vinyl because you're not supposed... They don't really want you to put over 40 minutes oh. of, of music on a vinyl. And my record is, is roughly 50, about 51 minutes long or something sure. like that. So... Um, rather than cut songs off and like short the concept of the record, um, I'm gonna just pay a little bit more and do double vinyl. So I'm, I'm going big boy all the way from my first album on yeah. vinyl. So yeah, it seems like you have a really cool opportunity for a, a design, like a graphic design experience. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever yep. that will end up being. I bet yep. you've got some. You've got a really cool layout to work with when oh, you have yeah. two records that way. Yeah, my guy, my guy uh, Pat Jensen, who does all my art, my guy from nice. uh, St. Cloud. Shout out to the the master yeah. of uh, visual arts manipulation. This dude is just phenomenal. I can't even see myself working with anybody else, but he'll he'll definitely do something that that like blows all of us away. Yep. Have you seen my tour flyer? The I haven't. Seen, no, not yet. So dope. <laughs> I'm just like this is my guy. So he he knows. I tell him what I want. Yeah. And um, he knows how to visually encapsulate what it is I'm trying to trying to express on an album or for tour flyers or whatever. So it's, it's going to be super cool. Yeah, every time you send it to a graphic designer, or at least every time I have it, it seems like you give them this concept and then they come back to it and they send you something that blows your mind mm-hmm. way beyond what you originally pictured in your head, mm-hmm. which is why it's always worth it to get somebody who knows what they're doing and right. does that. Mm-hmm. Just like... If you're gonna hire a beatboxer, you call Carnage. That's right. You're not just gonna like hire anyone. Yeah, don't play yourself. Don't lose out on the best. <laughs> you don't get yourself the best. Don't don't act don't, like don't a graphic designer. If you're best, not a graphic right. designer, get get a pro. Don't miss out on getting the best, is what I'm trying to say. Come and get me. That's right. Book me. <laughs> Book them. Through the same place, right? Isn't it CarnageTheExecutioner.com? Yep. Info at CarnageTheExecutioner.com. You can email me there. That's and, beautiful. Uh, I'll get at you. Yeah, I also, if, if you want to send us an email about future podcasts or if you want to comment on this podcast or if you have a question that you'd like to have um, read on the air, it's not even on the air. We're like sitting here recording onto a recorder. Who are we kidding? Um, close enough. Ricky wanted me to ask you, what makes a good rapper in your opinion? Hmm. Wow. Um, God, that's, that's not a one one prong so I can answer all the things okay yeah uh, good vocabulary um, a wide vocabulary um, uh, good enunciation so if your enunciation is busted or you don't know words I think you're just gonna sound very dumb sure um, good rhythm you gotta gotta have good rhythm interchangeable rhythm helps um, knowing how to, to play with cadences um, so a supreme understanding of rhythm um how to use your voice? What are you going to use your voice like? How do you project? So breath control, your projection, um, and content. Like, what are you? What are you going to rap about? What, yeah. what do you have to say? After all you those know? first things, then yeah, what, are you what the hell now? are you going to say after all the other stuff mm-hmm. I named? So those are the things that make make a good 
MC. And then after that, you start adding other stuff. If you're going to be a live performer, which hopefully you are, you have to have breath control and presence. And that's not something that you just get overnight. Like you, you really have to work at that. So that's, I know a lot of rappers who are great technical rappers, yeah. but their stage show is just butt. It's right. just not it's just booty. It's just whack. Well, there's it's something different when we can stand in front of a microphone right now and I, I don't even have to talk that loud. Right. I'm not like I'm barely even talking and it sounds nice and loud. Mm-hmm. But if you're in front of an audience, a thing that I've also noticed changes is that now you're in front of people. Right. You've got lights hitting you. You're expected to do something for them and you know they're all watching you, expecting something from you. And in that, you feel more of a need to prove yourself, which then you might strain more. You might try mm-hmm. to push it harder. Yep. You might try to do more with your voice. You sometimes will hear a rapper on a, a an album or on a song, they, a recording, and it sounds great. But then they go and try to perform it live, and they can't hear themselves in the monitor, and they're just screaming the mm-hmm. lyrics, which mm-hmm. those lyrics were never screamed when you originally right. recorded it. Right. So then the song sounds different, and it sounds like you're being screamed at. Which can be good if you're trying to bring the energy in a certain way. No, it's not good. You can't but yell at the you're going to blow out your rap. vocal cords. Right, exactly. And how are you going to How are you going to perform on a tour? How are you going to go next on the next night and do, or even go do a radio interview the next day to promote or right. all these things? You, you got no voice. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, I suppose there's something to be said about what we do after our performances mm-hmm. that right. will also affect our ability to deliver the next night or deliver on a consistent basis at a higher energy rate. Oh, speaking of which, you made me think of another one I missed. Yeah. Discipline. Discipline. You have you have to know what you need to do in order to maintain your instrument. Yes. Like what you do before and after is part of the ritual that, you know, set separates the amateurs from the pros. Right. You know, if if you're going to get drunk, you're going to get on stage and most likely you're going to feel like you're performing better, but you're going to slur and miss some of your lyrics and I just I, I've seen so, people make so many, you know, mistakes performing and, and stuff like that. And yeah. I'm like, if you don't have all of these things, then you're not a well-rounded MC. Right. And then the other thing that I didn't mention, the ability to freestyle, the ability to improv right on, on the spot. That's another yeah. one. It's not a requirement, but it's a nice, it's a nice tool to, to have in your, in your, in your box. If you're so, to yeah. be considered a well-rounded mm-hmm. performer yep. slash artist at what you do. Right. I feel like when you're saying these things, I feel like those same elements apply to tap dancing as well mm-hmm. in that when you're talking even the first couple of things, like the breath control, mm-hmm. I mean, there's something to how you're doing that. The articulation, mm-hmm. which is kind of like the enunciation part the of inflection, it. Inflection, all of that. A vocabulary, like knowing a whole bunch of different songs, you know, knowing, having a background of jazz music, having a background of swing music, having a background of... Um, Cuban, Afro-Cuban rhythms and but all a, this stuff. But a vocabulary of words. Like, yeah. how many words do you, do you read the dictionary? Have right. You re- how many words do yeah. you read? Yeah. Like, you know, a lim- like a lot of rappers, they pull from a limited palette of, of words to use. And I'm like, nah, man, there's words. There's so many words. And, like, I try to, like, I count how many syllable rhyme schemes, how, how, how long my syllable-based rhyme schemes are. So it's like... You know, like if you're just rhyming one syllable, then that's whack. You yeah. Know? But if you're rhyming at least two to three every time, then you're putting in some work. So are you saying like if you if you write one sentence, okay, say say you're going to write four sentences to create like a paragraph. The first sentence, is that rhyming with the third one then? And you're trying to find three different things. Different in- cadence, just di- different ones, man. There's like so many different styles. There's a, there's the one where you, where you do it every 
end of each line. So here's one. Lusting longevity of admire greats, higher rate energy so you won't listen with a tired face. You might feel like you jumped at a bungee wire breaks. Not exactly everyone's favorite. I'm an acquired taste. So you hear where I'm rhyming at. It's mostly at the end of each sentence. Yeah. But then there's other ones that are like, rightfully, you don't understand it because I know. Kind of seems like I'm on a planet of my own. Gift or a curse. Or it's possibly fair to say no one I know is more hip hop than me. Think attention I give it or have y'all complain and spend a day to talk about and study a rap song arrangement. Almost missed a flight because I was reloading my iPod. When inspired, anything I see open, I write on. There's so many rhymes in there that like you can't even catch them all. Yeah, you know. And but and if you wrote it out, you would see. You'd see visually. You'd visually be. It able all to makes see. sense, and I, that's the cool thing that I, I see in your eyes. Like when you're talking about these things, when you were beatboxing earlier and doing the record scratch, I mm-hmm. can see that you map it out in oh, your yeah. head in that very intricate way that. When we were talking about DJs mm-hmm. hearing all those sounds, and you're doing all that too. I'm a scientist. It's, yeah, it's, I'm straight it's really scientific is. with it, and it's like, and you have to like, like how many words do you know? Like I, I mean, I have other cool styles. This one I say, uh, meat person. Notice feet hurting, but gotta start tour booking, email answering, beat searching. Should eat first and start metabolism, but rather give them jagged schism, dazzling vision after rhythm cataclysm. Inspiration begins on face at a time tightening. Get daughter to school after late night rhyme writing. 2 p.m. Hunger's quite aggressive. Fatigue, fatigued from how light I've rested with empty calories I've ingested. You see how many different schemes there are in there? It's just, there's like, there's no end to, or even this one. I like this one. Travel battle for dome. Travel battle for doom chasing, known for scraping the wake erasing those who tainted the motivation, even seeking producers who would work with me that are capable of cracking open track controllers to chew the circuitry. Like, <laughs> like I mean, there's like the scheme. The scheme is all just cracking open track controllers. To see that drawn out, right? Oh, oh and it's it's fun to write them with too, different colors going. I'm on, looking so at them, like, them, and when I'm writing them, I'm looking at them like that. Like, yeah. oh yeah, this rhymes with that, and and like the main thing I was saying on that last line when I say uh, even seeking producers who would work with me that are capable of track cracking open track controllers to chew the circuitry. So who would work with me and chew the circuitry? were the main ones at the end, but then I threw one in the middle. Uh, cracking open track controllers. Tra- cracking open track controllers. So it doesn't exactly rhyme. It sounds but like it's circuit a bending. Rhyme. Like you're I'm straight people that'll rip things apart and like redesign yeah. it. Like in and, and this so the the concept behind that is ravenous. How yeah. hungry are you? I'm seeking producers who will work with me that are hungry enough to like break open their beat machines and eat the circuitry. They want this so bad. Yeah. Like you you're ready to eat eat whatever because you're hungry you're trying to get out there so that's what i'm looking for i'm looking for people who are as excited to do this and hungry to get what they need to get out of it as i am otherwise i'm just going to do it myself right and i can yeah you know so yeah so so like what are you going to rap about yeah like and then bring an idea and then like how many words do you know to encapsulate what it is you're trying to say like I, i don't have a shortage of words cataclysm yeah cataclysm is a Dope word. Yeah. So yeah. You gotta so know some words. Yeah. I, I think that's I hope that answers Ricky's question and then some. I, I put a message out on Facebook too. I'm just gonna take a quick look because I, I said, oh, okay. Does anybody have a question for for you? And I tagged you on it. But who knows how many people saw it? Yeah, that algorithm. Well, see, look so okay, so I posted it and then I got one heart hmm. and then I got Six thumbs up. And three of those people aren't even people that I'm friends with. So that's, I guess, a good sign. I hope those people are listening. 
But those people also didn't even say anything. They know everything there is to know. They didn't even put a question on there. It's all good. You asked enough great questions that you know, maybe you answered something. And, and I hope at some point we'd be able to get you back in here to talk some oh, more yeah. because every time it just seems like we have a good flow and there's always the interesting things that come up. And I was really happy to hear about some of your background influences and the people that got you going. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the last thing, too, I, I know you have to get going pretty soon, right? How are you, how are you doing for time? I got a minute. Okay. So, the other thing, too, was I know you, you originated or you're originally working with kids. You were talking about that earlier. And then also, <clears throat> that was one of the things, that was the last thing I actually have, had written here, was working with kids, teaching music. Because I know that that is another thing that you have been involved doing. You, mm-hmm. you will um, teach music theory and beatboxing and creating beats mm-hmm. to kids. Yes, it's a blast. It's fun. Kids love it. Yeah. Do you have... Um, I don't know. Could you speak on that a little bit? Is there anything to say about that? Well, I, t- I teach beatbox lessons in private settings okay. and, and, you know, in a controlled environments, I would call them. Like, I go to schools. Um, I do park and rec centers, churches. Um, and I do private lessons, too. I have, right now, I have uh, three uh, students who are private lessons. Wow. Lesson, uh, recipients and I go to their homes and teach them how to beatbox nice every week so yeah it's it's, it's cool to be able to do that it's and like I'm, a piano lesson but you go over and exactly. show them beatboxing yep and there's people who just they call on me because they've they've heard me somewhere else so they 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 know what I do based on you know hearing about it or seeing me somewhere and they sure. call on me as an expert in their opinion and, and it's great to have that kind of clientele and that kind of reputation. Is there? Do you bring microphones for that kind of thing, or do you practice without mics? How does that work? Um, we we start out doing the basics without the mic. Okay. Um, I feel like if you can't beatbox without a mic, then you're, yeah, what good is be it? Whack on the mic. You yeah. Know? So I I teach a lot of uh, fundamental uh, embouchure yeah. with the mouth, mouth techniques and stuff like that, learning sure. different sounds. And then after we've done it for a while, that I break out the big guns. I break out the equipment and the microphones and the pedals, and I teach people how to do what I do on the pedal boards and Man. stuff like that. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. That's got to be a cool day, too. Oh, yeah. You've been learning the techniques for a while, and then all of a sudden now there's a speaker there to hear it through. Because mm-hmm. that really makes it sound so much different. Yep. So if you're interested in beatbox lessons, I teach them. Info nice. at carnagetheexecutioner.com. My rates are very affordable. I'm very uh, into working around your schedule. And um, yeah, I'm very understanding and I'm good at what I do. Holla. That's true. I can vouch for that. My uh, man. Have you watched, I, I just discovered recently I have um, a Roku and I, I learned that there's a beatbox channel on there and it's like a beatbox battle channel. Have you seen this at no. all? Okay. Oh, I'll I'll, I'll show that oh, to you, and then yeah. maybe we'll talk about that later. Okay. I um, it was over. Where where is it happening? It's like in another country. It's probably. like in Europe. Oh yeah, they're, they're they're huge into beatbox competition over there. Yeah, and people are just it. I mean, it to me, it looks kind of like the either like the Blaze Battle or like that last scene in yeah, Eight yeah, Mile when they're yeah. kind of they're battling, but like the one guy's standing there, the other guy's beatboxing, and then passes the mic over, the other guy goes, and then they get another round. So it's usually the first round is maybe not as turn up because they're you know they're kind of gauging out their opponent and then it seems like there's some strategy involved with it and then the next person goes to the next round and then obviously we all know how that works but mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and it's it's interesting to hear. And I remember there was one time where you were telling me about the difference in styles of beatboxing, and some mm-hmm. people are doing more EDM style, and some people are doing more hip hop style. There's and EDM then, house. They're like EDM and house are kind of big. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of people do that. I felt like that's kind of what some of their influences was. Um, it has some of the dubstep, mm-hmm. like the aggressive, like wow, 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 kind of. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. I, yeah, I mean, I mean it's, it's not it's, my style. It's I interesting can't do it, the different but, yeah. sounds and the different things that these people are influenced by that they're listening to in the world because then mm-hmm. you start to translate that into beats. It's it's pretty cool, and 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 what they do, I, I'm super respectful of it. I, yeah, I, I don't do that. I don't do competition based house music, dubstep, uh, EDM, beatboxing. I'm I'm a beatbox producer. Right. I create a groove and a rhythm in multi layers that like that you can groove to, that you can dance to, that you can... So I'm not necessarily into showing off as much right. as I am into like making you bob your head, move, dance, and inspire you to maybe pick up a pen and write something. Yeah. You know, so that's that's what my thing is. You know, I'm, I'm in the groove. You going, if, if you can't dance to what I'm doing or you can't do this to it, I think it's missing something. Right. It doesn't matter the technique at that point. If, if you don't have a groove, then what's the point? And that's just my opinion. That, that's not to say that, you know, there's not a place for dubstep... You know, uh, EDM based aggressive sounding beat. Definitely, it's super super dope. It's just not my thing. Yeah, um, and it's but pushing I think new sounds two, out too. Right, like, I think mixing the two is something that doesn't happen very often. Yeah, you know, so I'm looking in any EDM based, you know, like more um, more of the European style beatboxing techniques, the EDM, the house music type of stuff. If there's yeah. anybody out there who wants to get with me and do some practicing, let's let's get together and do some stuff. Let's tape it. Yeah, let's videotape it. Let's let's record it and see what we can come up with. I'm, well, it seems I'm totally like cool with the that. tempos too. I mean, a lot of hip hop music is not up to like <laughs> yeah, 122 oh, yeah, to 130 yeah. BPM. Yeah, we we whatever, rest that, in the that kind of house the, range. And right, there. we're in like uh, low to mid 80s up to about mid a lot of us don't go much past 110. Yeah. That starts to get a little fast for people. Yeah. You know, but I mean, I, I can do it. And I like, there's a lot of grooves, but I find my, my, my pocket is probably between 87 and 95 BPMs. That's a nice pocket for me. It, if it gets a little yeah, faster than that, it loses the bounce. Plus, yeah, you can't groove out to it the same way. If you're thinking of how your audience, how do you want them to move to mm-hmm. it? Sometimes you can reverse engineer to like you start bouncing to the tempo you want them to groove to, mm-hmm. and then just they'll pick it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a place for that, but you know. <laughs>
Nice little freestyle. Yeah, you can get it in like that, bro. man. And you what, see the chemistry? How we just bam. It, it was like once I got over the fact I'm standing here with Carnage, rocking out. <laughs> then it kind of like okay, and then now we can ease into it a little bit. That was dope. <laughs> so we can do that too. If you're listening, and you want to like have a little fun like that. You know, we yeah. just did it for like you know 90 seconds, but we can do it for 90 minutes. Let's go. I mean, every time you walk into like an echoey staircase, you know, you're, yeah. you're somewhere where you you just parked your car. You're you're listening in the in the ramp. Mm-hmm. It's echoing around. When they're like singing in the shower. Yeah, it, every time. Yep. I, I always have to hear kind of the acoustics of the space. Yep. There's are, are certain little go to beats that I think some people will do on their own. Mm-hmm. And I I know like if I'm a little overly caffeinated and I haven't eaten yet and I'm driving my car I'm maybe getting <laughs> a little frustrated on the road or something. But then I'll start. Like, it's a fast one. I like that. It's like your, uh, is that your Tom? The electric drum, yeah, drum Sheila E. It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of going back to the rocket fill a little bit. Four, four sorts of, but yeah, you you put the at the end of it. That's my Jazzy Jeff. Or there's, um, I always have this, the one um, when Razelle was doing the Wu-Tang Clan set. In your hood. Ah, that was nice. A little, a little dirty. A little OD. Oh, ODB. yeah, you know some stuff. A little stuff. sample. We got to hook up more often. Bro. Superstar. Yeah, we, we got to hook up more. Man. But yeah, that was fun. Yeah, thank you so much. I know Thanks you have a rehearsal me. to get to as well. Yeah, I got to run out with my, my group Salty. I really appreciate you. Salty. Salty. Spell I'm going to talk about that S-A-L-T-E-E. Oh, I'm glad you spelled uh, it. Beatbox, cello, and guitar. Dang. All instrumental. Man. Pretty crazy. I we have some shows coming up too. Uh, Ooh, man, the, the dates. Oh, uh, we're at Big Turn Music Festival on uh, September 22nd. This should be in like a concert setting, too. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, this type of thing could be... I mean, I could see something like that at Orchestra Hall. Like, oh, yeah, I mean, easily. A thing like that. I mean, like, I mean we... we pff, man. <laughs> you might have to have us I'm excited perform to on the podcast. Do you have any videos of you guys on YouTube or anything Yep, yet? look up Salty, Salty. S-A-L-T-E-E. You'll find uh, one... Detective Bartley, we were performing on the Mark Rosen sports show okay. uh, some years ago. And then there's a live one called Weed My Lips, which is pretty cool. Is, um, is that on your website too? Um, I think they might be. I think both of those might be on my okay. website. Uh, CarnageTheExecutioner.com slash videos Yes, on, on my website. So yeah, go and check out some stuff. Awesome. And we'd like to thank the Dancing Fair once again. Rocking out with the, the best tap shoes around that we, that we can find. <laughs> Uh, Matt, the shoe guy over there with the whole Dancing Fair crew, they always listen to the show, so I wanted to say hello to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would, would like to thank all of you for listening today and for tuning in. If you're able to come hang out with us tomorrow at Surly Brewing, February 4th, Monday night, 
We're going to be there from 6 to 8 p.m. Carnage is going to be performing with us. He's, mm-hmm. he's going to be doing a set over there. Mm-hmm. Also, The Secret Life and Seth Conover, who was our guest last week, will also be coming down and playing guitar and singing for everyone. Mm. Um, we're going to have Magic by Steven Carlson. Oh, he's going to be doing magic tricks and stuff. And then we're going to also have um, some, some beer and some salty snacks available. <laughs> I believe they are vegan from what I understand. Word up. There's not going to be a lot to eat everyone, so don't don't expect too much, but um I I eat don't think any of it will have meat. So yeah. that's there's that. Uh we look forward to seeing you if you can make it. Um send me an email rick at have tap shoes will travel.com. I'd love to hear from you all. See um if you have suggestions for people you'd like to hear on the show or if you have questions or comments whatever you want to do I'd, I'd love to hear from you not very many people send email so i'm just going to keep saying that until people start sending me a couple emails <laughs> <laughs> all right well i hope you all have a wonderful week thank you for checking it out who do you think is going to win the super bowl i know it's going to happen in just a couple hours i don't know uh, you know i don't really i don't really get into it either but it's the patriots and the rams right i know yeah, that much I, I don't know who's gonna win and they're playing at atlanta i know that much too okay what? Um, good luck to whoever. Wins. Yeah, good luck. Rock it out. The best I guess. team wins. Right? All right. <laughs> There's that. Peace out. All right. Thank you, everyone. Talk to you soon. See Woo-ha! you. Woo! Have tap shoes, will travel. The podcast hosted by Rick Osland is available on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, Pocket Cast, and Anchor.fm. Connect with us today on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.